Well, this morning we're going to continue our, our uh, series, Crisis, Religion, or Relationship. And we're going to talk about this morning the building blocks of relationship. We're going to begin for the next couple of weeks or so talking about the tools that God's given us, the building blocks. Some of the things that, to be honest with you, the church has taken out of the context for which they were intended. We, we've made some things all about these things instead of God. And so we're going we're gonna to try to put some of these things in their rightful place. They're important. But important things, if they're not in the right place, take on too much importance. And they, they take away our, our vision of who God is and what God's done for us. But I want to ask you something. We're 15 days into our religious fast, Okay. I'm going to keep reminding you of this, okay? I know you're not going without food. I understand. I wouldn't have to remind you if, you, if we were doing a 40-day fast. I, I, everybody know what I was talking about. But we're on a 40-day fast from a religion. And I just wonder, I wonder how, how it's going for you. Hard. That's a good word. It's tough, isn't it? Have you had any crisis moments this past week where all of a sudden you just almost were overwhelmed by it? I mean, it, it happens. And, and, and when you begin to focus on it, you see how often it happens. When you're not focused on it, it just happens, you don't think about it. Are you finding it a little tougher than it, you thought it would be? Okay. I want to encourage you. Friday. This coming Friday is halfway. It's hump day, okay? But listen to me, it's not going to get easier. It's going to get tougher. I mean, it just honestly, it will. It, it, this may be one of the hardest things that, that you've ever done. Don't give up. If you slip up and you give in to it, confess it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show it to you. Ask God to forgive you and move on, Okay? Move on. Don't beat yourself up. Religion wants you to take a, a stick and, and wear yourself out for three or four days, okay? Break the stick, build a fire with it, and burn it up, okay? Now, over the past four weeks, we've talked a great deal about religion. And it's captivating, and it's deadly hold on. It, it does, it's captivating. I mean, it's, 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 it's hypnotizing, if you'll let it be. It's, it, it's alluring. But it's also deadly. And we've started this fast to break its hold over us. And we learned last week that, that relationship is not something God invented. It's a part of who God is. It's an attribute. It describes His character, who He is. And I just want to be transparent with you this morning. I find it utterly amazing that God wants to have a close, intimate relationship with me. Okay? I find that blows my mind. I don't have anything to offer him. Let me say that again. I have nothing to offer him. And I don't want to bust your bubble, but neither do you. We don't have anything that God needs. When I come to the table, I don't bring anything but weakness and death. That's it. On my own, on my best day, my abilities... My capabilities, my intellect, my strength are liabilities, okay? They're not assets, they're liabilities. And just to put it in plain language, I'm bankrupt, ruined, 
I'm nothing apart from Jesus Christ. Okay, that's, that's reality. You say, Nelson, that's depressing. No, that's just reality. I mean, that's just, you, you can't have a relationship with God until you come to that place where you realize that and admit that. It's, it's like being a drug addict. The first step to, to finding healing from drugs is to admit, I have a problem. Okay? As human beings, we have a problem. Okay? Now, that, that's not to beat up on you. That's not to, to shame you. That's, that's, I mean, it's, the, it's just reality. It's just reality. And we can't ever have a genuine relationship with God until we come to that place where we realize that we don't have anything, absolutely nothing to offer Him. Until we come to that place where we surrender everything, the good and the bad. Okay, even our, listen to me, it's not just bad stuff. Our good stuff that everybody pats us on the back about and encourages us about is still nothing to show up with. Okay? It's only in that moment when you come to that place where you recognize that and you surrender, does God pour out His grace on you. That's where grace comes and in, and that's where it helps us enter into a, a genuine relationship with, with God. We don't like to think, how many of you like to think of yourself as weak and incapable? None of us. I mean, when you go for a job interview, man, that's not what you say. When, when you're pitching something that you're trying to sell, that's not what you say. When you walk up to introduce yourself to someone new, you don't say those things, okay? We, we, those are the things we try our best to hide. We dress it up, we put a smile on our face, and we do our best to stay away from our weaknesses. But folks, that's the essence of religion. Religion says we can do it on our own, in our own strength, if we work hard enough. We can somehow be godly without God. And that's just not true. You remember our definition last week? That we, uh, we took from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Here, here's a great definition for religion. Holding a form of godliness. That word godliness can also be translated religion. Holding a form of godliness, although they've denied its power. It's, it's, it's appearing godly, but having no power. That's religion in a nutshell. Religion is nothing more than the denial that you and I need the power of God. That's all it is. Folks, the reality is we are powerless. We desperately need God. Often there's a passage over in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm just going to read the very first part of it. But Paul, Paul, I believe, was caught up into heaven. I mean, he says he knew a man who was caught up into the third heaven. I believe he's talking about himself. I think Paul saw things that there were no words to describe, okay? It, it, when you read the book of, of Revelation, John saw things that he didn't really have words to describe. And so he says, I, it, this was as this or like this. He, he uses symbols and pictures. When he talks about heaven, it was so grand that he talks about gates of pearls and streets of gold. I think Paul saw the same thing. And when he came back, 
it was given to him a thorn in the flesh. In other words, God allowed a thorn in the flesh to keep Paul humble. How many of you, when you read the Apostle Paul, realize that he could be a little arrogant if, if he wanted to? Okay? You, you pick that up. I mean, it, it's obvious. And, and God allows this to come into his life. And I don't think God gave it to him. I think God allowed it. Okay? And it was a messenger of Satan. Now, there's lots of disagreement and argument over what that was. I don't know what it was. But I know it was demonic in nature. And it, uh, it, it, it dogged him for the rest of his life. And Scripture says, in, in, in 2 Corinthians, he talks about it. And he says, I prayed three times that God would take this away from me. And this is what God said. And whenever I think about my own weakness, and I think about the places that, I mean, when I realize, I mean, when I get down by myself and it's just me and I realize who I really am, this verse encourages me. God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. God's power is perfected in weakness, which means if you don't think you're weak, God's power is not doing much in your life. But when you realize you're weak and you realize you're incapable of bringing him anything that's worthy of him, folks, that's when his power begins to work in us. That's when his strength is seen. I love this passage of scripture and, and, and maybe one of these times one of these days I'll get to preach in it, but but I love what Paul says in verse ten. He says, Therefore I'm well content with weakness. With insults, with distresses, with persecution, with difficulties, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Folks, we are weak. But in our weakness, God's strength is displayed. And that is nothing, it's never more powerfully displayed than in relationship. You see, relationship with God is rooted in His grace. The relationship of God is a demonstration of the grace of God. The basic building block of relationship is love demonstrated through grace. Genuine relationship is rooted when you give yourself to another person. That's true whether it's, it's with God, whether it's in a marriage relationship, whether it's in a friendship. Relationship is rooted in giving yourself away. It's not in getting what you can get. That's not relationship. That's selfishness. God is not selfish. He never enters into relationship with us to get what He can get. You know why? Because we have nothing to give. That's why I spent the last 15 minutes. We don't have anything to offer. So it can't be about getting something. It's about giving something. And God provided for us out of His grace. And, and grace always loves unconditionally. And it always gives extravagantly. See, God doesn't measure how much He gives us. He just pours it out. 
I love the, the passages that use the word lavish. That means to, to just pour until the bucket runs over and over and over. That's what God does with His grace. That's what God does with His love. God provided for us out of His grace. Because we couldn't ever grab it or garner it or get it on our own. We, there was no way. That grace was evidenced in our creation. I want you to think about this for a minute. God chose to create us. I want to make that personal. God chose to create you. It wasn't your mama or your daddy. It was God. God chose to create us. And if God doesn't create us, we don't exist. And we wouldn't have ever existed, right? Just think about it for a minute. Folks, we're made in the image and the likeness of God. We are His grace made visible in this planet. I always go back to the beginning. But in the beginning, God... God provided everything the first man and the first woman needed. He gave them the gifts of His grace. Put them in the garden. They didn't earn it. They did nothing. He just, he just said, hey, everything you need is right here. Enjoy it. To put it in a, a different way, God loved the man and the woman. And so in His grace and out of His love, He gave them everything that they needed. But love requires a choice. Okay, God made the choice. But true love can't be coerced. It can't be commanded. It, it can't be forced. So we have to choose to love God back in return. And God chose to love us but for that relationship to exist, we had to choose to love Him in return. And we still have to. Adam and Eve had to choose. And so God gives them a choice. He puts a choice there. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything else you, you need is here. Don't do it. You know this passage in Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord commanded the man saying. From any tree of the garden you may freely eat. But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat from it you shall surely die. That's the only choice he had to make. And it wasn't a choice of which fruit to eat. Okay, It was a choice of will I obey God or not. Will I accept what God has given me? And will I believe that this is God's best? Or is there something better? And that's exactly what the serpent majored on. You'll be like God. Y'all have heard me say this over and over. They were already like God. They were made in His image and His likeness. They were His visible representation on the planet. They made a terrible choice. Amen. But you know what? We make the same choices every day. They made a terrible choice. But God didn't give up on relationship. He chose Enoch. 
He chose Noah. He chose Abraham. He chose Isaac. He chose Jacob. God brought the nation of Israel out of bondage. He chose them and he gave them a land to call their own. And he demonstrated his love over and over and over and over. And I could go on and on saying that again and again and again. He did it in countless ways. Even though they were disobedient at almost every turn. I'm, I'm reading my Bible through and I'm in numbers. I just went through the place where they all had 12 plates and 12 this and 12 that and 12 this. Okay, I'm at that point. But all the way through Exodus and numbers and even in Leviticus. You find them disobeying. They just couldn't get it right. Or they just chose not to do it right. But God's loving them unconditionally. It's full of grace. And ultimately, God did for humanity what was humanly impossible to do. What we couldn't do for ourselves. What religion, listen to me, is incapable of doing. You say, what is that, Nelson? God died for us. Religion has never died for anybody. It's killed a lot of people, but it's never died for anybody. And that payment restored our ability, I want you to listen to me, to have a different kind of relationship than Enoch had. Enoch didn't die, as far as we know. He was not because God took him. God and Enoch were pretty tight, okay? God and Abraham were pretty tight. God calls Abraham his friend. Moses and God were pretty tight. Scripture says that God spoke to Moses face to face. He didn't see a form or this or that. He, 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 I don't know what he saw, but he saw God. They were all very tight, very close. And yet we have an opportunity to have a relationship completely different, better. Let me use that word, better than they had. Y'all don't believe that. Well, here's what Scripture says in Hebrews 11, verse 39 through 40. And all these, it's, this is, this is the, 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 uh, the chapter on faith. And all these, Enoch and, and Abraham and, and Noah and, 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 and Moses and all these guys and all these ladies. And all these having gained approval. In other words, having obtained a testimony through their faith. Did not receive what was promised. They didn't receive the promise. Because God has provided something better for us. So that apart from us. They should not be made perfect. You know what that better thing is? Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. We have clear access to God. Nothing stands between us and God. Those Old Testament saints, many of them, could not come to God directly. They had to go to God through a mediator. They had to go to God through a priest. They had to bring a sacrifice. And it was a bloody thing. If you don't think so, just read Leviticus. Man, I am so glad I am past Leviticus this year, okay? Because it is just, it's a slaughterhouse. I mean, that's what it is. It's just, it's a bloody place. But listen, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Sin takes life. Okay. 
whether it's our life or somebody else's, our sin kills. Okay? And so Jesus comes and 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 they could only get so close. I mean they could they could only come to the to the to the uh, to the temple or or to the tabernacle. They couldn't go all the way into the mercy seat. Because God's presence was hidden because of their sin. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for sin. And that curtain that separated God was removed. And the same kind of relationship that was available to Adam and to Eve in the beginning is now re- available to us. It's available to you. It's available to me. God will come and he will walk with you. Heart to heart. Arm in arm. If you so choose. If you want him to. He is willing to do that. Folks. Nothing stands between God and you. Grace and love open that door. I love what Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says. Let us draw near with confidence. With boldness. That's what I think the King James says. With boldness. It means let us come with confidence. Believing. Assured. With our, you know, I don't want, I want, I don't want to say arrogantly that because that's not what it is. But we can go into the presence of God with confidence that nobody will grab us and kick us out, or that we will be shamed, or that we'll be asked for a ticket. We can go into the conf, the boldness of God. It says to come to the throne of grace so that we can receive mercy and find grace. To help in time of need. Why would God do all of that? Why would he allow his only begotten son uh, to become a human human being? To unite with with humanity. And then die for people. Listen folks that, let's just be honest, hated his guts. And for the most part still hate his guts. Why would he do that? Because God is a God of love and grace. He's a God of mercy. He's also a God of justice. And somebody had to die. The soul that sinneth must die. The wages of sin is death. None of us were capable. Remember, we're we're weak. We have nothing to offer God. None of us were capable of being that sacrifice. So God becomes the sacrifice in Jesus Christ. Folks, God is a relational being. And His desire is to relate to you and to me. He wants to be in relationship with us. When God relates to us, He's acting out His nature. And He created us, whether you realize this or not, He created us to be recipients of His grace and His relationship with us. We were made for that. Listen, you may not think about things like this, but God could have chosen a monkey to have a relationship. We may laugh, but you know what? He could have chosen the monkey. He could have chosen a lion or, or a, 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 a lamb. Or he could, he could have chosen a butterfly. Or you know what? He could have chosen rocks. But He chose us. That's grace. He could have made another creature. 
But he didn't. He made us to have relationship with. Folks, that's grace. God's grace through Jesus Christ has restored to us the same opportunity that Adam and Eve experienced. We can walk with God day by day. We can walk with God heart to heart. We can experience Him for who He is. We can talk to Him. And we can hear His voice talk back to us. If we'll learn to listen. We can share our deepest secrets with Him. We can share our dreams. When we hurt, we can hurt with Him. And He he understands the depth of our pain. Never laughs. Never makes fun. He listens. And folks, He treasures those things. I love that passage. I believe it's in Revelation where it talks about the tears that have been shed in prayer. God collects those tears. Puts them in a bottle. I don't know about you, but that right there hits me in a place way down deep. That God loves us that much. We can be just be real. Religion tells you you have to act a certain way when you come into God's presence. You know what? You just be real. Who you are. Who God made you to be. Yeah, but Nelson, nobody likes who I am. Well, God does. He made you that way. He made you that way. We can be real in His presence. And we can know that He will accept us. Not because we measure up. But listen to me. Because Jesus measured up. Jesus paid the price so that you and I could enjoy the benefits of God's love and His grace. The benefits of that love and that grace are not things that we get one day when we get to heaven. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, the, to eternity. I, I don't want to kid you, okay? But one of the things I've learned by studying my Bible is a lot of the stuff is not for by and by, pie in the sky. It's for now. Now. There are some things that, that God has saved up for us. But what kind of parent would God be? What kind of friend would He be if He made us wait to get everything until we died? He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He took the things that Adam and Eve lost and He restored them through Jesus Christ. Folks, The relationship I'm talking about is not something you get to enjoy in heaven. It's something you get to enjoy right now. It's something that God desires to share with us right now. Ephesians 1.3, this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Has blessed. That's past tense. Which means we have already received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ. The benefits of that relationship are dripping all around us. All we have to do is just get out from under the umbrella of religion and get some on us. Okay? Just lay down and wallow in it. Y'all know what that means? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just roll around in it. 
How many of you, when you were, were kids, maybe <laughs> y'all, y'all going somewhere else, I'm going a different place. How many of you, when it snowed, you'd lay down in the snow and make snow angels? That's, that's what I'm talking about. See, God, is, He's poured out His grace on us. He's already provided what we need. He doesn't need us to work harder or be better or be smarter or be holier or get it right or try harder. Folks, He doesn't desire or need you to do those things. He has given you those things in Jesus Christ. Just like he did Adam and just like he did Eve. And he chose to love us simply because he loves us. And he wants us to love him simply because we love him. I love the book of Ephesians. I love the first couple of chapters. I mean, it just encourages me every time I read it. But God has chosen you in eternity past to enjoy the quality of the relationship that I'm talking about. It was His plan to make you holy and to make you blameless. Not through your hard work. Not through you doing religious things, but through Jesus, not your abilities or your capabilities. He predestined you. To be adopted as his sons and his daughters. He wants a family relationship with you. So he decided before he created anything. I'm going to have kids. And I'm going to have a lot of them. I'm going to have a big family. And so he chose us. He predestined us. It was a part of our destiny. And when you and I were dead in our sins. Folks he redeemed us. He bought us out of slavery. And He didn't just simply give us grace. He lavished it on us. He poured it out. He poured and He poured and He poured and He poured. He drowned us in His grace. Folks, which it's just a demonstration of His love. And He's given us an inheritance equal to that of Jesus Christ. We are heirs of God. Okay? That means we're in, we're in line to get something. Okay, just to put it in terms everybody understands. But we are also joint heirs with Jesus Christ, which means everything that Jesus gets, we get. I don't want to make you a little happy right there. <laughs> because most of us, I mean, we've got stuff, but we really... The stuff we have is is not really eternal in value. The stuff Jesus has is eternal in value. And we get to share with Him everything that He has. Folks, he's, He's placed His Holy Spirit in us. You know why He did that? So that you can know that you know that you know you belong to Him. He doesn't want you to lay awake at night and wonder, God, do you really love me? God, I don't know if I'm saved or not. No, He put His Holy Spirit in you so that you would know. It's like the wedding ring. It's like that engagement ring that, that, that you, you slip on the, the would-be bride. She has that ring and she knows that she knows that there's a wedding coming. She knows that she knows that she's got a guy that loves her. When when Jesus placed the Spirit of God in us, He slipped 
an engagement ring on our fingers, folks. The Bible says he sealed us. And there's nobody who can break that seal. You can't get out of what he did. And nobody else can get you out of it. We're on shouting ground right now. Okay. But not only did he put the Holy Spirit in us so that we can know that we know we belong to him. He put the Holy Spirit in us so that we would have his nature. We truly are his sons and his daughters but we, because we have the DNA of God. We have God in us us. He he put his Holy Spirit in us so that we would have a voice on the inside to tell us what to do and how to do it and when to do it because folks we are incapable of doing it on our own. Remember our situation? We are weak. So God put his spirit on the inside of us so we'd know how to please God. And so that, that, that it would carry, he would carry us to the place that we hunger to be. We have all of these things right now. This is not in the future. This is not when you die. This is not when you get to heaven. This is now. We have access to them plus an eternity to spend with him in heaven. Now that's grace. That's love. Why in the world would we choose religion over a relationship with God. Why would I want the things about God. Or the things that are scattered around God. Instead of God himself. Okay. Everything else. That's good. That's scattered around God. Is to lead us to God. All those those things in the, in the tabernacle and the temple, the altar and, and, the, and the table of showbread and the, and the lamp and the, and the Ark of the Covenant, those weren't things to go in there and gawk over and go, golly, wow! Those were things that were to lead you to the very presence of God. Folks, i got to be careful how I say these things. <laughs> okay, There are a lot of things that we do in church. They're not God. They are just tools to lead us to the presence of God. To lead us to who God is. Folks, we have a choice. We can choose the things that are around God or we can choose God. If you hunger for the kind of relationship I'm talking about, the basic building block is to surrender all that you are. All the weaknesses, all the inabilities... The lack of, of capability. And in just embrace his grace and his love. Just simply accept it. Nelson, that's too easy. That's the way it is. That's the deal. He told Adam, don't eat from that tree. There's 10,000 other trees in this garden you can chew on. Don't eat from that one. To me, it's a pretty simple deal. He says to us, Here's Jesus. He's done everything. Hop on his back. He'll bring you right straight to me. It's that simple. Don't try to rationalize it. Don't try to work it out. 
Because this love and this kind of grace cannot be humanly explained. Okay? But it can be humanly embraced. Allow God to do in you what you cannot do for yourself. Just surrender. Just just wave the white flag. Realize that, you know what? I can't get there from here on my own. God, I give up. I give up. Yeah, but there's got to be something I do. Yep, just wave the white flag. Give up. His grace really is sufficient for you. He's done everything necessary to give you the relationship you dream of. Folks, relationship with God is not something you strive and work to achieve. It's a gift that you just receive. God fills your hands up when you, when you place those hands out. He fills them up. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is choose to embrace it. Folks, that's the building block. If you want a relationship with God, I'm not questioning whether you're saved or not today. I'm just saying if you want a genuine relationship with God that will fill those empty places, that will make you who you were intended to be when God created you. Just give up and say, God, here I am. Take me. Just take me. I'm yours. It's that simple. You say, well, don't I have to pray a prayer? No, you just got to say, I give up. God, take me. You say, but, but don't I have to walk an aisle? No, you don't have to walk an aisle. Don't I have to kneel with a preacher and have him put his head on, hand on my head and say some important things? No, you don't have to do that. You just have to realize that, God, I don't have anything to offer, but I want what you got. And so I give up. I'm, I'm through trying to be all these things without you. I don't want the things that are around you. I want you. I want a real relationship with you. I want to learn to love you unconditionally. I want to learn what it means to experience your grace without measure. Lord, the only way I'm going to learn is if you teach me. The only way I'm going to learn is if I give up and I stop doing what, I'm tr- what I've tried to do all my life. Folks, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to relationship. This is the first step. I don't care what denomination you were baptized in. I don't care how many times you were baptized, how many times you were confirmed, how many times people have wiped oil on your head and prayed over you or made the sign of the cross. I don't care how many times you read the Bible through. I don't care how many hymns you know or verses you know or how many preachers you personally know. None of those things will get you a relationship to God. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with necessarily any of those things. They are just the things of God. They are not God. God's tired of having a relationship through mediators and through curtains with His people. He, he tore the curtain down. There is no curtain there. He wants to have one on He's not into long distance relationships. Okay? He's into face to face, up close and personal. And that relationship is available. To every one. Not just to a few people. But to everyone. That chooses. Just to love him in return. 
The best way you can break the religious spirit off of you is just to surrender and say, God, I choose you. I don't have anything to offer. I don't bring anything. I'm a nobody, but you're somebody. And I want to be with you. Folks, that's what relationship is. It's giving all that you are to Him because He's given all that He is to us. You say, well, that's, it's, I, I, but, but, but. You know, you can but, but, but yourself right into misery and right into a deeper bondage. But, 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 but. What about that? But, 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 but. I don't know how any, to explain it any simpler. There just comes a place where you just say, I quit. I give up. God, I'm done. Stick a fork in me. Folks, I, there's a passage, and it's in the, it, it happens more than once in Scripture. But it says that God is attracted to the contrite, the brokenhearted, and the contrite of spirit. In other words, when he sees that, he's there. Just like right there. It, 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 it draws him. It's like, it's like a, a moth to a flame. It's, I mean, it just, it just grabs him. It grabs his heart. You know what? We're all broken, whether we want to admit it. We just all need to get contrite in spirit. Folks, God loves you. And God's done everything that He can do to give you a relationship. All you have to do is step into it and experience it. Yeah, but, but, I know. I, 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 but, but, but. You can but, but, but yourself till you're dead. And you will have missed the greatest experience of your life. The greatest love of your life. I don't know what else to say. So I'm going to say nothing else. Listen to me. God loves you. He's done everything that He can do to demonstrate it. You have to choose. Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.